Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. Hi, welcome to the 17th episode of SLP Talk Show. I'm Carrie, and I'm here with, you guessed it, Jim. Jim, that's me. Welcome to the show again. (laughs) Uh, We uh, are experiencing some interesting weather here in Kansas City. We uh, are talking about maybe building an ark. It's not so awesome. It's not so awesome. It rains and it rains and it rains some more. Mm -hmm. We have a creek that runs through our backyard and it's trying to flood. So we got that going on. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. Yep, tonight, uh, this is Tuesday, and on Tuesday nights we like to go play trivia. Right. So we will uh, be venturing out to do that. Um, sometimes we do well. Sometimes we win. Yeah, we won a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and sometimes we don't fare yeah. so well. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of trivia buffs. Uh, I think the funnest part about trivia for us is our, our daughters who are grown and live outside the house. They mm-hmm. join us almost every week. And yeah. And it's really cool that our kids, our grown kids, like, want to hang out with us i know it's 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 kind of neat it's weird it? I know. honestly i know i love it yeah so um raining a lot today and aaron is just cracking me up because he is really starting to figure out figurative language mm-hmm. aaron is 17 years old and he's always struggled with you know idioms and and, and things like right. that and so today he looked out the window and he said well, it sure is raining cats and dogs. Yep. <laughs> I just yeah. had to laugh. He says it so formally. Too. I know, so it's formally, like... yeah, because uh, <laughs> clearly it's something that he's worked on probably yeah. in his uh, uh, language sessions at school. But yeah. anyways, I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, he's definitely doing more of that. So, all right, Jim, I think we better start today with Stump the Chump. Are you ready to be stumped? Uh, no, I'm not going to be stumped. You're not going to be stumped? You think you're going to go four for four? Is that your prediction? Yeah, and then, then we can change it to... Uh you know, stamp the champ or something oh, like that. Oh, stamp the champ. I like that. Looking, I, maybe champ or chump. Ooh, champ or chump. Oh, I like that. So let's yeah. see if you're going to be a champ today. Or a chump. Or a chump. Ooh, I like that. Okay. And this is good uh, practice to get ready for trivia tonight. Yep. Right? Okay. Yep. So here's your first question. What musical and film centers on Austria and the family of Captain George von Trapp? Um, that's going to be the sound of music. Um, um. <laughs> I had to find the right button. Excellent, excellent. All right, what painter cut off his own ear? Uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Two for two. All right, so fire the champ. Uh, what is the capital of Australia? Uh, man, Melbourne. Oh. It is. Canberra. 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 That's right. Yes. Yes. That's right. All right. So uh, let's see if you can go three for four. Leonardo DiCaprio acted in the film Titanic in 1997. Who was his leading lady? Uh, Kate Winslet. Remember, remember when I said that she was married to one of the princes or something? Oh, 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 yes. Yeah. I, I think I asked you who was married to Prince... Prince... 
uh, was yeah. it Harry or no? Who's the other one? Philip? No. What's his name? I don't know. Oh my wow, word! Wow. Now you're now the chump. I'm sounding like I'm a chump. We're all chumps. All right. All right. Well, so seventy five percent didn't exactly crush it. William Prince William. Prince William. Yes. Yeah. And we asked the question was what was his wife's name? And I and said, you said Kate, Kate Winslet. Winslet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You were close. You were close. All right. So we'll say goodbye to uh, that little machine. Um, three for four. So you are officially the chump. Yeah, you are not a champ. Okay. I mean, if we're thinking baseball terms, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a Hall of Famer. You are a Hall of Famer. But, but this is trivia, not baseball. I know. So good try. Good try. Um, yeah, I, I'm really not one to talk because if you were to ask me the questions, I would go over most of the time. Trivia is not my forte. But Okay. So um, what I want to talk about today, uh, Mr. Ebert, is, yes. <laughs> is books. And uh, you are sitting... In yeah. my favorite spot. I'm um, surrounded by books. You're surrounded by books. We are. We have two home offices. We have the main office with all our computers and where we actually do all our work. And then this mm-hmm. is our recording studio. That's what I like to call it because it sounds so fancy. <laughs> but uh, in here is where I do all my live webinars and things. And so I have a right. nice little backdrop. And my backdrop is my color-coded bookshelves that yeah. um, are all over social media as well. But um, it's my happy place. I love children's books. How many days on average, Jim, would you say we get an Amazon package that contains a children's book? In it uh seven i would say on average probably seven <laughs> almost every day maybe, maybe the average is closer to five um, I'm not sure. you know i wish that i was exaggerating <laughs> but you're not i'm really and, not exaggerating and can i just say that we have been married 29 years and yeah. i am so appreciative that you accept my my need for children's literature in my life yeah so it's very appreciated. He never, I just got to give a shout out to I Jim. just, you know, I try not to look at the Amazon account. No, you know, no. There's no, no reason to. Yeah. There's no reason to. <laughs> yeah, I know, you, I know you don't want me to look. <laughs> but here's the thing. You want to know how I justify it? Would you like to hear how my yeah. brain works? Yeah, let's I justify my purchase of children's book because I don't play golf. <laughs> Ouch. Zing, 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 zing. Am I right? Like, we, we each have our thing, right? Hey, I'm a bargain hunter when it comes to golf. Too. You are. You've been spending less yeah. on golf because you play, I don't know. They, they they have these saver rates every now and then. Every now and then. All like right. For certain, certain tea times. Certain tea times. So, um, excellent. So, you play golf. I like children's books. So, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about children's books, okay? As a pediatric speech-language pathologist, um, I absolutely love using children's storybooks to support not only uh, a speech and language development um, and early literacy, but also just to build connections with kids. Are I there think any children's books about golf? Are there any children's books about golf? Well, you know... Because then we could combine, we could combine our, our two passions. passions we could. Well, now I'll probably have to find one. There's probably one about Tiger Woods or something. You know, it's like oh, a I'm children's sure. book. So, yeah. yeah, I could probably find that. I okay. Probably find Sorry. That. I, I no, no, that's good. So, I absolutely love children's books. And if you follow me on Instagram, I have uh, made some reels recently sharing one of my passions, which is pairing story props with books. 
because I love to help young children um, be able to interact more during story time. We know that young children often don't maybe want to just sit perfectly still and be read to. And so Mm -hmm. when you give their busy little hands something to do, put story props in their hands, uh, it just makes it more engaging, more interactive. It helps uh, with story retail. So there's a lot of advantages to that. So make sure you check out my reels on Instagram uh, where I have... Gosh, I probably made five or six different reels just sharing some of my favorite books that I have story props uh, paired with that. So one of the things that I just want to share with listeners today is the power of reading aloud to children of all ages. I think it's something we innately know is important to do with young children, right? With young language learners. We we do it um, with kids who maybe don't know how to read themselves yet. Right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? That that's yeah. what we do. Oh, you know, he's a baby. He's two. He's three. I'm going to read him this book. But then once the child gets older and can read um, on their own, I think yeah, there's a tendency to stop reading aloud to kids. Right. And there are actually five, <laughs> only five, reference books. Because not only am I uh, passionate about children's books, but in our main office where I do all my writing and researching for seminars are all my bookshelves filled with reference books. I don't even know if I've ever showed anybody no, on social media those and there's a lot of those like I should probably inventory them because the amount of money I've spent on books is out of this world wouldn't you I don't want to know I know I don't think I want to know either it kind of <laughs> scares me but I want to share with you five really important reference books okay and you can find them all on Amazon if you go to my Amazon store I've got them referenced in there um and you can you can uh, get to my Amazon store from my website because I have a link right there. But so one of the books uh, that is about reading aloud is called Reading Magic and it is by Mem Fox. And the subtitle is Why Reading Aloud Our Children Will Change Their Lives Forever. So I love that one. Um, The next one is The Read Aloud Family by Sarah McKenzie. And that one, the subtitle is Making Meaningful and Lasting Connections with Your Kids. The third one is The Ramped Up Read Aloud by Maria Walther. That's a really great book that has um, specific titles and then how to use uh, those books to uh, enhance learning. I just really love that book. Wild Things by Bruce Handy. Now, this is a really interesting book. Um, uh, The Joy of Reading Children's Literature as an Adult. And I really appreciate this book because when you read children's books as an adult, you see them through different eyes Hmm. and different ears than you did when you were a kid, right? So you experience them, them differently. But the most important book, if there's if you're looking for one uh, reference book to help you understand why reading aloud to kids is so important, it is called The Read Aloud Handbook, and it is by Jim Trelease. And this is the seventh edition that I own. Um, it's possible that it has maybe been updated since then, uh, but this is a, a phenomenal book. And I am actually just going to read one quick little excerpt from uh, the book, The Read Aloud Handbook, okay? Um Let me see. Here we go. It is from page six. We read to children for all the same reasons we talk with children. To reassure, to entertain, to bond, to inform or explain, to arouse curiosity, and to inspire. But in reading aloud, we also build vocabulary, condition the child's brain to associate reading with pleasure, create background knowledge, provide a reading role model, and plant the desire to read. So I think it's it's really important to recognize there's a lot of benefits to reading aloud to children. And uh, he goes on to say on this page, human beings will voluntarily do over and over 
that which brings them pleasure. Mm. Would you agree with that statement? Yep. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's really powerful. So while reading aloud is something that, um, you know, huge proponents of as speech language pathologists, um, I want to talk to you specifically about what to do when a child doesn't like to be read to. Okay. So I actually have a handout that is freely available on our website, carrieebertseminars.com. When you go to our website, you scroll about halfway down and there will be a little... Um, section that says free downloads or maybe it says free handouts i think it says free downloads so anyways uh, if you're a listener you can click on this and you can actually get a printout of these uh, quick tips for reading to children who don't like to be read to this is something i had done a post about books on social media just a few days ago and one of my followers actually messaged me and said but what do i do my child doesn't let me read to him he doesn't like to be read to so okay. i understand all the benefits you know mm -hmm. of reading aloud to children but what do you do when kids don't like it okay so these are my top 10 tips okay for reading to children who don't really enjoy story time who don't really enjoy being read to okay the first tip is to choose books with meaningful themes so if your child really likes dinosaurs then you should probably choose dinosaur books dinosaur books yeah. if your child so when aaron was a young child he really and he's still to this day has always had kind of a passion for letters right he's right. always liked letters mm -hmm. so remember when he was a toddler and i introduced chicka chicka boom boom mm -hmm. right because that's a great book that is all about letters a told b and b told c i'll meet you at the top of the coconut tree Chicka, chicka, boom, boom, right? So that was a, a book that even though Aaron didn't want me to just sit and read to him, he really loved that book because right. it, it was in his wheelhouse, right? right? He enjoyed it. And so once he was interested in Chicka, Chicka, Boom, Boom, I was able to start introducing other books about about letters, about mm -hmm. the alphabet. Right. And and so, um, you know, that's why it's really important that you know uh, your child's passions, their interests, you know, mm -hmm. what is it that they're fascinated with? Uh, there was a time where when Aaron was little, he was really into Blue's Clues. Do you remember, mm -hmm. you know, all three of our kids actually liked Blue's Clues, but Aaron was really into it. So even just getting a book from the library about Blue's Clues, Mm -hmm. was helpful because yeah. he recognized the character and right. so it made him more interested in turning the pages so you just have to really think about what it is you know what theme or what character or what you know if they like race cars or yeah. if they lightning like McQueen. trains late lightning mcqueen yeah whatever it is right you mm -hmm. want to use think about using those books instead of just picking random books because you think they might be interesting Okay, the second tip is don't read every word on the page. For children who don't like to be read to, um, when you try to read every word on the page, it may actually cause the child to disengage because mm -hmm. what they might be hearing is blah, 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 blah. They may not really be processing the words. For Aaron, for our son, he... Um, you know, really struggled understanding spoken language as mm -hmm. a toddler. And right. so I think when we read books that were just filled with lots of words, I, I think he just kind of got lost pretty quickly. He was not terribly engaged with no. the books. And no. so he would see a book and it would cause him to immediately disengage because he anticipated that it wasn't going to be very meaningful. So right. yep. it's almost better to just not read the words on the page and uh, just, uh, you know, maybe focus on the pictures, you know, right. pointing out interesting details as you go. Uh, and it's also really important that you don't um, force 
the child to look at every page in the book. Like early on, right, if, if you right. can get one or two pages, you're going to call that a win, right? Yep. So it's not about, oh, I need to get from the beginning of the book, once upon a time, to the end of the book. It's really more about just being present in the moment. No matter how long that moment is, it doesn't have to be the entirety of the book, okay? All right, the uh, third tip is don't force your child to sit on your lap when reading books. I think this is a really common thing. Uh, some kids like to sit on your lap, right? Mm -hmm. When the girls were little, I think they enjoyed sitting on your lap in the yeah. big green recliner. Right? Yep. I have vivid memories of that. Uh, but some kids don't want to be um, forced to do that, to sit still. And so uh, I would actually prefer, one of my strategies as a speech-language pathologist is I like to get on the floor when reading a book and hold the book in front of my face with the pictures facing out because I find if children are allowed to stand and move mm -hmm. around a little bit, move around at will, not be forced like, okay, buddy, put your toys down, come over here and sit down and let's read this book. Well, now all of a sudden you're putting all these demands on the child, mm -hmm. right? And you're trying to kind of control the situation. So what I would rather do is whatever the child is doing, I'm just going to open up this interesting book and hold it, the book with the pictures face out. And I'm going to make this activity interesting and relevant. So maybe it's it's more in, in some of those situations where they say my child doesn't like to be read to. Maybe it's more that you're ending the activity that right. they really were engaged with. Right. And now, so the book becomes this thing that... They have to that do. ended the thing that was really fun. Right, right. Does that so make don't, sense? yeah. So don't make it so a don't transition. end the thing that's fun. No, let them continue <laughs> to hold their toy in their right. hand. They can be holding a car in their hand, and you can still read a book to them, right? Right. So the whole the whole point of this, if your child is resistant, you know, to being read to, is don't make them be read to. Just start reading aloud and allow them to continue doing whatever it is they're doing and allow them to stand, you know, or or move around or walk around. Uh, I try to uh, sit with the book facing out because I want to encourage face-to-face -face interactions. I'm not talking about like eye contact, nothing like that, but just right. those face-to-face -face interactions uh, because I really want to be able to make this a, a social you know, a, a connection, if you will, while looking at the book. Okay, the fourth uh, quick tip is to use an animated voice, make a variety of interesting sound effects. Uh, you know the old saying, Jim, it's not what you say, it's, it's how you say it. It's how you say it. So you could read a book and talk like this, uh, you know, A told B and B told C, I'll meet you at the top of the coconut tree. And I wouldn't expect any child to be terribly engaged. So right. it's really important that you think about uh, using prosody. So prosody right. is the melody of speech. I've talked about this, I think, on a previous podcast as a speech language pathologist that consonants and vowels are the segments of speech. And together, when you put those together, they form meaningful words, right? But uh, prosody is the supra-segmentals of speech. So your prosody is on top of meaning, right? So your prosody is your intonational patterns and your pitch and your inflection and your pausing and, you know, all of those things uh, that make it interesting to listen to you. So it's really important. Yes, Jim's raising his hand. Yeah. Yes, Jim. I remember there was a, there was a movie, um, Three Men and a Baby, mm. back in the late 80s 80s yeah yeah um and it was funny because i think tom Selleck's character was reading to this baby but he was reading from like a an <laughs> auto mechanics handbook <laughs> but he was reading it with prosody yep so he was reading like how did you, and this is how you change out the carburetor you know <laughs> of this car you know so we're gonna we're gonna take these springs out and we're gonna Oh, yeah. And then look inside. You know, and it was like it, he was so animated. And 
Yeah, isn't and, that great? And the guy walks in, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> Like, but that's you have anything the thing. to read the kid. Yeah, you can read the phone book. Right. We don't even have phone books well, anymore. But you know that saying. You or can directions read, to yeah. put something together. Yeah, you can read anything. Literally, you can read a cookbook. You can read, you know, it's just that children's books have interesting pictures that go along with them. So yeah. that's the advantage of that. But yeah, prosody is a big deal. So kudos on the Tom Selleck well, movie Yeah, reference. I don't know if it was an auto mechanic book. It, it, it was something might have been, like that, But though. it wasn't a kid's book. Exactly. Okay, that's the point. Point well taken. Excellent. 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 All right. Uh, the fifth tip is to reduce distractions in the room. If you really want the child to focus on the book, then it's better to read a book in a room where the TV isn't blaring, okay. right? Better to read mm-hmm. a book where there isn't somebody playing video games. So right. I'm not suggesting that you take the tablet or the smartphone away from the child and go, I'm taking this away and we're going to read this book. Because just like you said earlier, now all of a sudden the book is what's replacing this thing I really like, you know, the TV or the, but I'm just saying when you're getting ready to read books or if you want to try to read a book, the more distractions that are around you. And by that, I mean, especially electronics, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. It's going to be really hard for the child to divert their attention from those, those things. So yeah, reducing distractions, uh, even just, let's say it's just your smartphone. It's just really a good intentional strategy to put your smartphone on, you know, vibrate or silent and maybe just set it up on the fireplace mantle, get it out of sight, you know, so it's out of the way, put it in another room of the house, but don't let the child see you put it there. Does that make sense? If they Mm -hmm. see that, then they think you're trying to hide it from them. It's just about being intentional before you sit down to read a story, just kind of make that uh, area as distraction free as possible. All right, the next tip, uh, keep a small basket of books in different rooms of the house. Uh, I call them book baskets. And they can, whether it's uh, just like uh, some little shoebox or something, what I bought... when the kids were little, they were a dollar a piece at one of you know the dollar stores like Dollar Tree or whatever. And they're little white uh, dish washing bins. And I would use a Sharpie marker. So they're plastic shallow bins to like wash dishes in. Yeah, you know pla- what I'm talking about? Like a plastic yeah, container. Yeah, like a kind container of kind of thing. But without yeah. a lid, just a just an open kind of bin. Uh, but I would write book basket with a Sharpie marker. And then I would put those in different rooms of the house. So there's one in the kitchen. You know, there's mm-hmm. one in the living room. There's, you know, they have their own bookshelf in their bedroom. But in different rooms of the house. And then I would always keep a few of those little board books uh, in the car. So there were always books that were just always in the car, in the diaper bag or, you know, in my purse, something Mm -hmm. like that. So that there was access to books uh, no matter where you are. And that's one thing that's great is we want kids to not just feel like, oh, uh, we only read books at night before bed. You know, that's a great routine to have. But we want books to be available uh, as much as possible. It's good. Bringing it with you is is cool because like going to the doctor's office or whatever, mm-hmm. instead of handing them the phone, you yeah. can you can have a book there, and then you don't have to go grab a book that fifty other Kids. people have touched. Yeah, and during COVID, let's be yeah. honest, there probably aren't any books at the right. doctor's office. And There's then probably you no can toys or you anything. can sanitize them yourself because they're yours. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I have helped, uh, I'm an, as an early intervention provider, one of the things that I used to help families do is if they had an appointment coming up, let's say at the children's hospital, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, they knew they were going to a family reunion or they were going to be on an airplane, you know, anytime where there was going to be a lot of sitting and waiting where there wasn't a lot of movement allowed, 
is I would help families come up with alternatives to the smartphone. Because it's really easy in this day and age to say, oh, I don't need to pack anything because I can just give them my phone, you know, while we're waiting in line or waiting for our food at the restaurant. And while that's true, it's really important that kids have um, varied experiences, you know, starting very early in life. So while your smartphone is one way to entertain your young child, it's also really important that you have little toys, you know, little books, little things that you can, novelty things that maybe they don't have access to all the time at home so that they uh, have those varied experiences. Okay, the next thing, the next tip, number seven, choose developmentally appropriate books. This is really important. And this is where one of these days we're going to get a video podcast going because I would love to be able to show examples of these different types of books. Uh, But uh, for babies or for young children who are still orally exploring, right? Putting things Mm -hmm. in their mouth. They actually make books designed for kids who put things in their mouth. They could be cloth books. Again, you don't want to share them with other kids, right? right? But cloth books. They make vinyl bath books that... Obviously, if you put them in your mouth, it's okay because they're meant for the bathtub as well. They make little books. They're called indestructibles, and they're made out of some interesting kind of paper that are coated in something that's safe for the mouth. You can put them in the dishwasher. I mean, if you you know you can't wow. tear them. Yeah, you can't tear them. I mean, you, if you crinkle them enough, they'll eventually get to where you know they're kind of hard to tell what the pictures are. But I mean, they're really quite indestructible. They're fascinating. So there's those kind of books for kids who put everything in their mouth. We have board books uh, for toddlers and preschoolers because those pages aren't paper pages so they can't right, be they're torn. Cardboard. right they're cardboard uh and then we know that the the books that have paper pages those are the books we give to kids who are older and who understand what books are for and who can be responsible right so right. I, i've had many parents over the years tell me oh i won't give him books because all he does is tear the pages well those are the wrong kind of books you know yeah. we don't say oh right. we don't give kids books until they're responsible you know, and can handle right. uh, books with paper pages. No, no, no. There's different types of books. So that's one of the th- reasons why I have so many different styles of books is to be able to show families, you know, that this right. is kind of the, the developmentally appropriate book for your child right now. The eighth tip is to select interactive books that have either large flaps. Now, the thing about flaps of any kind is they can be torn off. So, like, okay. those are the kind of books that I would never leave with a child independently. You know, if it's a book with flaps that you spent some money on, that mm-hmm. was something you, you look yeah. at jointly. But what I love about books with flaps, and I will argue the best book of all times, especially for very young children, uh, for young language learners, is Where's Spot? Uh, it's one of the greatest books of all time because on every page, there's only two or three words. There's a question on every page asking where, you know, where Spot is, but there's a flap. And so what I do on every flap, because I always just say, I explain to parents, flaps are doors and doors are meant to be knocked on. So on every flap, we go knock, 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 and then you flip the flap open, and then mm-hmm. it's boo, and then it's, you know, the, the who, whichever animal it is, you know, the alligator or the monkey. See, or that would be a, that'd be a good one for you to do on your video. Oh, I would love to. We're, we're going to get that going because yeah. I think it'd be really helpful to show, you know, how I read books to kids and be able to, to model that for parents and caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have flap books, you have touch and feel books. Um, they make books now where you can... It's almost like bubble wrap. They're they're called popper books where you can push a button and it makes that little it, really? Yeah, they're yeah, so they're, they're pretty fascinating. Um so just books that give kids a way to interact. I have a book up there called High Five Animals and High Five Farm and it's where on every page there's this ginormous paw and the child actually 
gives the animal a high five. So again, it's interactive. Does nice. that make sense? So yeah. for kids who don't like to be read to, forget books that tell that teach a lesson with a story, you know, that have some moral behind it. Like when we're we have kids who aren't really interested in being read to, we're talking about interactive books all the way. Mm-hmm. All right. So sometime we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna be able to show you guys some of those very amazing books. Um uh, so the next thing then, number nine, is to avoid asking too many questions when looking at books together. I think okay. far too often adults try to make story time uh, like a teaching moment. Like, ooh, I'm going to quiz him and see if he knows. What is it? How many are there? What, what shape is, is it? What color is it? What does the dog say? What letter is that? What shape is that? So there's this constant yeah. barrage of what I call test-like questions. Those are high-demand uh, questions. and or, uh, It creates a high-demand situation. And for some of our kids who have some demand avoidance, the minute you start peppering them, they start to shut down because they sense that, oh, you're going to put me on the spot? See you later. And so Mm -hmm. then they don't have any interest in books. So my challenge to adults is to read a book to your child without asking one single question and watch how the dynamic changes completely. Okay, so um, we don't want to. That's uh, great. Yeah, it's it's a really powerful strategy, and what it does is focuses more on the interaction mm-hmm. and uh, building a love for books rather than on let me teach you something in this moment. Right. Okay, and the tenth and final tip for reading to young children who don't like to be read to is read to your child every single day, even if your child doesn't seem interested. So even if your child, you're like, I'm reading this book and my child is walking away or my child is playing with Legos or whatever, you just keep reading because how else are they going to learn to accept that as being part of their daily routine? So you read no matter what kind of interaction, uh, you know, or interest your child is displaying. Uh, because over time, again, if you're picking the right books, if you're picking high interest, meaningful topics, if you're not reading every word on the page, right? If you're not forcing them to sit still, if you do all these other strategies, you're going to create a situation that is pressure free, that is, you know, uh, interesting, that is more about uh, hanging out with you, you mm-hmm. know, one of their favorite people in the world and, and just bonding over the book. So there we have it. Ten tips. Ten tips. Ten tips. So uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that. I just, I, you know, when when I try to decide, oh, what are we going to talk about for today's podcast? I, I have so many ideas running through my head. So today I was like, I just felt the need to talk about books. So. It's a good topic. Very good. Very good. So thank you listeners for uh, taking time out of your busy day to uh, listen to another episode of SLP Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, we appreciate uh, leaving a review and letting us know what you think. As you head back to the real world, grab a book or two. Remember to practice kindness and acceptance. And please get your boobies checked every year. It could just save your life. It certainly saved mine. Until we meet again. Cheers. Cheers.